0: Thanks for joining us today for Ted Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the positive safety coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Donald Elswick. Donald Cih CSP Chmm Cit has over 30 years of government and multi-industry experience, holding several senior positions in environmental health and safety organizations. Don currently is an occupational environmental health and safety solution specialist for LSmart Associates. He was formerly the executive director, University of Alabama Safe State. Division of Industrial Environmental Programs, which provides vision and leadership for environmental safety and health outreach activities for the university in partnership with groups, individuals, employers, and agencies external to UA. He is a former chairperson of the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists and serves on the state of Alabama's Technical Advisory Committee on Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. Don has supported oversight of the implementation of companies' EHS policies, procedures, standards, guidelines, and practices in government operations, the chemical industry, high-speed manufacturing, and the food industry. He is a member of the American Industrial Hygiene Association and is a member of the Educational Committee for the American Society of Safety Professionals. Don retired as a commander in the United States Navy, serving as a medical service corps officer.
1: Hello, Don, how are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to join you guys.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us on TED Speaks today. Yes. We appreciate it.
1: We're very excited to have you on. But before we get started, I just want to tell everybody about a new exciting venture that both Barbara and I have with Total Health and Safety Solutions. We have an online service right now for training, for all your training needs. And something we're going to be talking about here on the podcast also. But if you want to get on and, and let us know what you think, we have a we have some that are free on there. So if you want to test those out, again, it's Total Health and Safety Solutions. Our our website is www.health. And safety now com and then just click on Ted Ed. So just to kind of get us started. So Don, thank you for being on this show today. We are so excited to have you on here and talk about so many different things. I think all of us are so passionate about safety. That's why I enjoy talking to people like you.
2: Absolutely, and I, I think one of the things that I, everyone that listens to you, recognizes all your guests are passionate. But they're all every podcast yeah. I listen to, they just really take something, and you know, we all listen to a. State Called W I I F M, what's in it for me? And after every one of your like podcasts, that. yeah, after every one of your podcasts, I walk away with something for me. So Aww. I better not disappoint today. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think
0: you will.
1: No, we're we, like like I said, we're very excited to have you on here. Your resume is quite impressive. If you kind of want to just give a, a a brief background about you, Don.
2: Yeah, and I was so blessed. I am originally from West Virginia, age 17, kind of joined the Navy and kind of by that I say privileged to join the Navy. Everyone says, well, why did you end up in the Navy? Well, it was quite simple. I wanted to go to college. And at that point, as we know, we are mature professionals and, you know, (laughs) college was something probably a little bit more difficult. And thank God, it's a little bit easier now with some of our emerging professionals. Spent a lot of time with the Navy as a corpsman, started out enlisted. I always tell people, you know, as a young enlisted person, I was so bad. Bad, they said, let's make this guy an officer and see if he can do Uh-oh. any better. Uh-oh. Now, Uh-oh. 32 years later, they finally said, get him off the payroll. But in between all of that, had a great career with, you know, everything from high-speed production, chemical, food industry, just have been able to use my OEHS skills to really make people safer, higher quality, better productivity, and just really keep them profitable, but because again, people apologize, but that, but our safety, quality, productivity, and cost effectiveness—that's what we do best.
1: Yeah, and thank you for your service, first of yeah, all. Yeah, we know. appreciate that. Yes, we definitely appreciate that, and and so.
2: And Ted, I'm going to tell you what I always tell everyone, and I hope you this shares with every veteran, you and this country was well worth my service. So thank you for the acknowledgement, but just remember, you and this country are well worth that service. And thank you, sir.
0: That's very cool. It is. Thank you. Well, given your background and your vast knowledge, it was kind of hard to decide what we wanted to talk about today, but we did narrow it down to focusing a little bit on multi-generational workforce, including the emerging professionals, technology that's kind of out and about there. Some may or may not know about it. And then challenges that might come up trying to work together with all of this. So let's start out. How do you engage a workforce of multi-generations, including those emerging professionals, to embrace technology or other changes? And what challenges do we kind of face?
2: I had a great mentor, and anyone from the Alabama area and throughout the world knew Dr. William Weems. And, you know, people ask me all the time, what's the secret to being an effective OEHS professional? And I'm going to tell you what Dr. Weems shared with me. And he was a doctor, but he just had this philosophy. First of all, be the authentic you, which you guys on this podcast are really you. The other thing, which thank you so much much for the virtual learning you're offering. Because guess what? That was a principle we all need to do. We need to be that lifelong learner. And the last thing, which is so powerful. Respect everyone. I'm not saying you've always got to agree, but respect what they you know, say, do, and most of all, listen to them. So you ask how technology really rolls out. If you're applying those principles to anything, it really works well.
0: That makes sense. I think what you said, you know, sometimes we think, well, that's a given, right? Be respectful, be the authentic you. But that doesn't happen as much as it should. And sometimes it takes effort, right? We all catch ourselves. But I think you're right. No matter what our goal is or who we're working with, if we have those elements, it's going to make it easier. And I think people will open up to something like that. Is that kind of what you've found Mm -hmm. in your experience Absolutely.
2: And I'm going to use one example from technology. We know from it, we usually respond, and and this is neither good nor bad. I know people argue this to regulations. Well, we were fortunate enough last year that OSHA said, guess what? We're going to do a national emphasis program on heat. Well, we know with heat stress, We have constantly tried to use a technology, wet bulb globe thermometer, but it was more environmental that we did And technology now, I was very fortunate to evaluate technology and take it out into industries where we could do something called physiological heat exposure monitoring. Guess what? So powerful because jobs that we thought, based on the environment, may have been an issue, suddenly we found out, guess what? Those should not be the high severity probability or even frequency. We thought we can concentrate on jobs where the really was a risk. And that technology, and again, being very fortunate enough to do some research with it, we could look at ACGIH TLVs and really compare, you know, the heat strain index and all this. I could be in Tennessee, you could be in Wisconsin, and I can monitor your, you know, physiological heat exposure monitoring. So as an industrial hygienist or an OEHS professional or even a safety person, guess what that allowed me to do? engage our people that are closest to the hazards and wow what a response it was just incredible because then we could talk about what we all know is right water rest shade so that's my example of where technology just really reaches out and grabs you
1: yeah, you know, there is so much out there and technology and just improving all the time, right? And, and some things aren't so good, you know, like the iPhones, the phones that are out there, right, that are distractions <laughs> and, and things like that. But where do you see the like the RV training, the visual training going, you know, for, for people? Because a lot of times when we talk about training, you know, you being a CIAT, understanding how people are working within training people on that, that really being able to demonstrate that is a lot better than just talk to people and then letting them do it, obviously really improves the results. What are your thoughts on that, Don?
2: Yeah, and and you hit it, It, absolutely. Any course or any training, and I use that word in a good way, because a lot of times when we say training, it's suddenly like I'm being punished. I have to go (laughs) somewhere. So guess what? We want our our training to be instructor-led, but really participant-centered. And one of the things that I use, it's actually an AI program. It is free, and I won't hack them, but we all know when you suddenly write a script and you try to make a video, it's very costly, time-consuming. Well, this AI program literally takes my script and uploads it into not only a video, matches up photos, but guess what? You just said the key word. If I've got learners, let's say, that are not auditory concentrated, it has visuals, but it has the words at the bottom. And these short Two-minute micro clips are incredible. And I know if people hit my YouTube site, they'll see they're just loaded with these great shows that, by the way, just like you, I make them available to people and I actually partner with others to help me develop those. So that's the first thing. And the other thing is, especially with some of the AI, even looking at, you know, I, I am very big on preventing injuries, being able to look at stresses. And we know now with some of the AI, I can take my phone out, take a photo of someone doing a job. Even if I miss something, guess what? The computer's a lot better than I am. And the technology is, it finds where you can have an incident.
0: So I know virtual training is obviously a very good option. Do you, I, I think we've kind of talked right now, some of the positives uh, that I can think of time, timeliness, people can work at their own pace, it's cost effective. Are there any things that still you're just better in person training versus the virtual like certain topics or certain situations what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well and, and I still say you've had the best bet if you're going to do a life critical and when I say life critical these are the ones that end up on the OSHA top 10 list and they are things like powered industrial trucks, forklifts. I can have them and we used to call it in a few years ago in a university or even a high school setting. I can flip the classroom, let them do work before they come to class, but remember, that time with the instructor, or if they've got to do that performance, like on a forklift, or a lockout tag out or a crane, or, you know, they're doing those signals, they need that practice to be able to do that, and when you're doing, like, elevated work, where you've got to train them on, if you're using a personal fall rest system or something like that, those are the courses where you can make them more participant-centered by doing some of what I'll call when we used to do death by PowerPoint and you read the slides to them, you can avoid that now by using technology up front. And when they get to class, guess what? They're energized. They have questions. If you can even have them prepare questions before, is that not just powerful? And I was talking to an emerging professional about, you know, ergonomics. Well, everybody hears the word ergonomics. They instantly go, okay, it's a snooze fest. I said, just think about when we used to do a lab with ergonomics, I would have three or four different projects and give those teams projects and let them work on a quantitative. And then we'd do more qualitative analysis. Very engaging because guess what? They did it, as we all know, that's effective. And then they taught someone else, which is what we all want to do with our safety skills." We want them to not only know how to do it, but feel confident to be their brother's keeper.
0: That's very true. The confidence part. When you go through a training, you have to make sure you really understand the importance and the why and the how. And sometimes I think that's not done. I love the idea of combining the two, the virtual or a little bit, you know, of that and then in person
1: well, it's kind of like you were talking about before, Don. Right? All of us are a little bit different on how we learn and comprehend things. True, very true. Some people have to actually do it on hands, which is probably the best way for for everybody. But that's not always a, a realistic way, you know? How do you here? How's this is how you use a grinder? You plug it in the wall, yeah, and then you hold on to it and hope that it works and that you don't <laughs> yeah. cut your leg or finger off, right? Those, those are the kind of yeah. things that you got to do more of that hands-on type stuff. But kind of a combination of a whole bunch of different things, wouldn't you say, Don?
2: Absolutely, and and especially with virtual reality. I I was fortunate enough to be at a, you know, a conference a couple of weeks ago. And of course my topics were boring, but when I hit the show floor, they had all these really cool demos that you could actually do things. And guess what? One of them was virtual reality. And I got to, you know, climb a ladder. I got to, it's ironic you say a grinder. I got to learn how to grind, weld, so we can really use those technologies to enhance because we know a lot of our risk assessment was taught differently. I used to share this with people as a different in risk assessment. When I got off the school bus, I was taught look both ways because I'm crossing a street. Well, nowadays we have done such a good job of engineering out. And of course, I truly believe in that hierarchy of controls. If I can eliminate, substitute, engineer, you know, work through that, then guess what? I'm more effective. Well, guess what we suddenly did with an entire generation we took that awareness that risk assessment looking both ways because that arm may not stop a car and telling them this is still a hazard you need to be aware of and you hit it i mean how perfect to say we all learn differently and we all have risk assessment skills and by the way going back to that multi-generation oh my gosh, how powerful on a JHA, and I used to have emerging professional OEHS professionals mid-career, and then those mature ones work together, and I would just stand back, and I felt like I should just be cheering them as they were going forward. What a performance they put on, and by performance, what an effective way to prevent injuries.
0: Can I, I'm very intrigued by the virtual reality technology. I'm not real familiar with it. And after reading some of your information, it's very interesting how it could be used for safety training. So where, that's something that's out there. Is it accessible are, are a lot of people using that yet, or can you just fill me in a little bit on, on where everyone's at with that?
2: Yeah, and a lot of it, to me, it is very accessible. What really prevented at first, the implementation, was the cost. And we yeah. all know as the cost comes down, you know, that cost effectiveness we talked about goes on. Where I see it, the mobile elevated work platform, the new MEEP standards, or what we used to call, you know, basically JLG, Scissors Lifts. We had all these names. Now they're under that mobile elevated work platform. We had to train supervisors how to do risk assessment. Well, guess what? We can put them in a basket, virtual reality and they get to feel what those operators are doing and we don't have to make them operators and people say you know that's one of the areas where technology really helps out with supervision because then they can ask the questions and the operators can come to them and they understand some of the pressures of being in that basket as a pedestrian walks underneath and how nerve wracking it is to try to stop watch everything you're doing and concentrate on that so that it's a real area with some, again, those life criticals are
1: so important.
0: Yeah, that just seems like it would be so powerful. Such a powerful tool. Yeah,
1: and, and and as you talked about before, Don, too, right, the risk is low in this kind of training versus doing it actually in person, right? And and really, if you look at how much it just costs to rent a, a lift,
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, for a couple absolutely. hours, you
1: know, it, it the, 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 the pays for itself, in, in my opinion. But anyway, hey, Don, as, as you know, as people get more experienced in life, well, our workforce, right, <laughs> and – why is it so? Why is leadership so crucial? You know, in, in teaching the ways of the old ways, the new ways, of of just teaching in general. What, what do you think? Yeah.
2: And I, I will tell you this, whether it's military, civilian, or anything, leadership is the greatest skill you can have. And you've got to, again, go back to always learning, you know, from different readers. I was very fortunate. I People ask me all the time, how did you develop a leadership style? Well, one of the things in the military, and a lot of people don't realize this, it's a you read books. To be promoted, you're encouraged to read books, even as enlisted as officers, and leadership, you need to be able to have a frame of reference to go back to. Well, I was very fortunate in that one of my, you know, sheroes was Francis Perkins, you know, of course, and if you look at what work she did with Silica, I used one of her videos frequently with Silica training, all the way up to, you know, James Mattis and some of his ideas. Is they all talk about one thing, and my wife, who is a nurse, who is really my shero, and as all nurses are, she has one thing. We are the patient's advocate, so as a leader, you need to basically... Be there for them as their advocate. I'm not saying you've got to say, oh, it's terrible. You can't do it. Sometimes it is. I I call it that, you know, where you go out and you have those very tough, interpersonal, you know, distressful conversations where you've got to basically say, guess what, emperor? You have no clothes on (laughs) and you're not good looking at all. So that's what I think leadership really does. You want to see them do better Than you've done, and you want to reward their successes, especially one of my favorite things. And people that know me always laugh when I say it I'll give you the air cover, run out and do what we need to do, do what's right, and I'll be right over you, helping out. Or sometimes it's just them knowing they can support you. So that's how I look at
1: leadership. Yeah, I used to tell a lot of the safety professionals that used to work for me, I said, You know, you go out and do your job, make the decisions to the best of your ability. You know, and I'll I'll be behind you, even if it's wrong. But make the decision, but also explain why you made that decision to me. And 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 they're there. And you're right. It's really about leadership. You know, and anything we really do, but in safety, it's so important to make sure that we have that leadership.
2: Yeah, and I got to tell you, coming out of the pandemic, and I was so again fortunate to have you know at the time a great professional, you know, who was basically a medical doctor of infectious disease. And, you know, she was able to answer those tough questions and work with people. And let's face it, when I retired out of the Navy at the time, I thought, is that a compliment or not? But my admiral looked at me and said, you know, the greatest thing that I'll miss about Don is he knows a person. In other words, he knows a guy or a gal. I don't know everything, but I know some Brilliant people, thank goodness. And guess what? Sometimes when I need answers, I go to them. And I think if the pandemic taught us anything, it's about how important networking—you know, listening to podcasts, being that lifelong learner—is. But along with that lifelong learning, taking some friends with you and having fun, which I know occasionally you guys have some fun on here. <laughs> we,
1: we do, and we try to make that fun. But I think that's really a good point. But also about being humble, right? Yeah. Being able to sit there and you know what? I don't know it all. And and I've been yeah. in safety now for over 25 years. Love it, passionate about it. But guess what? I still don't know it all. But like you said, Don, I have a network of people like yourselves, other people that we were talking about before the show. Wyatt, I'll, I'll, I'll plug him in real quick here. You know, it's just hundreds of people that I'm able to, to communicate with. If I don't have the, have the answer, I can connect with them. But I think that's an important part that I want young listeners that are listening to this in their careers is to be humble and Realize that You don't know it all, but that's okay. Some of us more experienced individuals have gone through that or, or whatever.
2: And that, and that is basically we all different leadership styles and people know I bring it up. You know, it's the basically the vulnerability. And we know yep. vulnerability is really where we develop trust. Because if I can look at someone and say, you know, I've got to find out more about that or I have no idea. Guess what you instantly do? You're vulnerable, but that leads that trust then can lead to some and conflict's not always bad. It's where we can disagree but commit, and guess what? We get commitment, then we have accountability, and guess what? Before long, we're getting things done, and we're getting those goals, and for everyone that's has now, suddenly believers in that, so it's what we used to do with civil affair units in the military. we teach them. you got to have that vulnerability in the culture to not understand, and for many of the people that know me, that's where, and I won't go into this long story but you'll have to laugh that's how a West Virginia boy ended up with sheep in Iraq and from there this is a family show we won't go any further but it was a gift we were given away
0: Well, I I do like some of the last points here that were made. Talking about generations, you know, experienced workers, emerging workers, I think everyone's vulnerable and everyone is a leader in their own way, whether it's just to be supportive or more quiet or that strong, forceful. I've loved a couple of the things you've talked about. Everyone has their own frame of reference that they can share and everyone really can be lifelong learners. I think it's harder for some than others. Yep. It puts us out of our comfort zone, but I think, just like you said, Don, working together, having each other's back, doing it for the right reason all of all of those things really do at the end of the day make a
1: difference so and Don, you are really are making a difference with a lot of these things, and and being able to, to talk about these kind of things and bring them up. So we really appreciate you being on the show today. And I think you brought a lot of lot of to people that are listening and kind of talking about what I, what we just talked about is making sure that they are listening because they can get themselves better, right? Improve
2: absolutely. And just remember, everything we've talked about today really is about the future of our workforce and yes. how we use technology to keep them safe. And and I don't care whether you're an emerging professional whether you're thinking about a career as an oehs professional whether you're mid-career or even a mature professional what a career with great fulfillment and, and, oh, and yeah. again i know a lot of as i call them the alphabet soups whether it's assp <laughs> a, a-, C- G- I- a-, I- H- a- bcsp those guys are really and gals are really trying to reach out so you know Support those organizations and help them out because we know how important that is on networking, but it's just a great future. I'm excited to keep doing it and I don't see it leaving for a while.
0: I like that. One thing I just wanted to add when we have all of our guests on, I think that a theme that's very consistent in the safety world is Really you you guys support each other. You know, in this in this industry, I, I just see that a lot and I think that's that's really, really pretty neat and isn't always the case in many professions. So
1: Well, it, it is a unique profession. Yeah,
0: and as
2: I say, it, and I'm I'm going to hit it the best, but, you know, safety is not business confidential. If we go back to what we started with, you got to have safety to have high quality productivity and cost effectiveness. And, and I'll let Ted jump in there, but I always remind people, listen, if it's a safety issue, it's really not business confidential. Now, I know there's an attorney that's going to email you and say, oh, yes, it is. And I love my attorneys. Don't take this wrong. You know, I always like to see them going the other direction. No. So anyway, no, it's just keep that in mind. But go ahead, Ted.
1: Yeah. You know, I and you hit it right on the head. I was going to say the exact same thing you just did, Don, but maybe in a little different way is that it's okay to steal from others, you know, in safety. (laughs) It really is because that's how we get better. And I've met with so many different company leaders and stuff like that throughout my years and stuff like that. And, and I always say, oh, you're doing it that way and that's working? Oh, and this is how – Oh, this didn't – you know, and it really can change that time. You know, why reinvent the wheels, what I always say, especially in safety because there are other people that have that in there. And then there are other people that just talk a talk. It sounds really good, but then when you find an implement, it doesn't. So you're exactly right, Don. I think that, that that's really what's important.
2: And I, I have my term. Let me hit you with this because the students will be disappointed if I don't use my buzzword. It is appropriate to R&D an idea. And I do not mean research and develop. I mean rip off and duplicate within the guidelines <laughs> yep, of your yep, academic yep,
1: exactly. or
2: company policy. So there you go, Ted. You can now say R&D at will. And they'll think you're talking about research and develop it is rip off and duplicate. Well one
1: thing that we do within our business that I am very passionate about is mentoring mentoring a lot of safety professionals that may don't necessarily have all that experience and stuff like that but wow what what a powerful thing for 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 me to be able to do number one. But number two, them taking the time to listen and, and listen to somebody that's probably been through that process and you can make it a lot easier, you know, so.
2: Definitely. And I, I just want to add in any of the people, you know, whether they were students, sorry, they were students of mine and I apologize to them or whether they are emerging professional or mid-career that I work with now, I remind them all the time. I may have an idea, but they never cease to amaze me at their ideas. Like I said, whether it's an ergonomist, you know, with five, 10 years experience that just comes up with an idea I would have never thought of, or, you know, some of the safety and health graduates who are now just doing incredible things in their companies. And I'm in their debt and they know it because I tell them, you're just going to, you're going to far outrun anything that I even ever thought you could do. And that is so exciting.
1: Well, I, I can of tell Barb this, too. I could probably spend four podcasts alone just thanking the people that put me in the spot that I'm in right now. You mm-hmm. know, and, and I think that's, again, getting back to that, being humble and, and stuff like that. So anyway, Don, we could go on forever here. But <laughs> I, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. And also, you know. Let's keep in contact and make sure we're moving forward. But also, as talking about the visual training again, I just want to let people know again that Ted and Barb, now we have our own virtual training online. Um, so if you I want know. to go to www.healthandsafetynow.com and look up Ted Ed. And we have a whole bunch on there. We'd like to get your feedback on it and see what you think. There are some free courses that are on there within there and, and and stuff like that. So thank you very much. But Don, as you know, me being the positive safety coach, this is one of my favorite times. You're already, you're already laughing. So
0: I, I feel like Don would be good at giving yeah, jokes. I, think, I, don't I know. think Don
1: would probably be better, be better than that. We, we,
0: we should turn the tables here, maybe. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, my uh, the executive director for ACGIH was just incredible at great dad jokes. So
0: I, he already said, I, I know they're going to stump you. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see here. Okay, I have the the first one. Why was the mobile phone wearing glasses? Why was the mobile phone wearing glasses? And no
2: idea, but I'm sure it's something it couldn't see where it was dialing. I don't know. You can tell. Wrong answer. Because it lost
0: its contacts.
1: (laughs) Ah, beautiful. We we never, we never. These (laughs) these are politically correct safe jokes. We never
0: get belly. We never get too many belly laughs, but we always get the ah.
1: You know, what makes me, because when we first started doing these, Barb's like, These are kind of silly. Actually, she said, these are stupid. And I said, you know what? I've gotten so many compliments on people saying, you know, your jokes aren't necessarily funny, but they put a smile to my face. And I think that's really what we want to try to always do is no matter what you do in life. Make sure you ha- you're enjoying it and just and, and having a smile True. to your face. So, anyway, are you ready for the better one? Of course,
2: uh-huh. uh, of course, yeah. Do <laughs> I get to vote on this? Because I'm gonna tell yeah, you, Barb. We'll wins. let you. we we'll, 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 we'll let you.
1: <laughs> nah. What happens when a hard drive gets into a fight? What happens when a hard drive gets into a fight?
2: I'm gonna say something silly like it loses its data or loses its mind. I don't know. Go ahead, give me the right answer now.
1: It asks for backup. There, yeah. like a, choo-choo, beautiful day hey, Don thanks for being on the show I think if you're a young professional you're going to get a lot out of this episode and, and some more experienced people where or how would people get a hold of you Don if they want to chat with you just like everyone
2: else hit me up on LinkedIn I try to keep that profile fairly active and you know definitely if you want to go to the website lsmart.us you can hit us up on that too and by the way that is my CEO just like you Ted and I can't go through this without saying as I as you do often she is truly the success of the business and all the emerging professionals grade and mature will tell you very quickly that is the main reason i have any success so thank you linda and thank god she puts up with me
1: <laughs> I, I say the same thing with barb and, and and i think we're both on the same page on that so so thank you very much for being on the show and have a super safe day
0: yeah thank you so much don bye-bye bye thank you for listening to ted speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week.